Welcome to Wednesday Night at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Well, find your notes if you would. We're in 1 Thessalonians. We're in the second chapter where Paul is writing to this church about what's going on and how good they were and what they need to do to accept him. And uh, he deals with a subject that he has to get across to them so that he can work with them and explain some things to them. So we're going to begin, and Paul begins with, God's Word is at work. God's Word is at work. Isn't it great to know that God's Word is always working? Now, sometimes we don't see it. Sometimes it's not as much as we want it to. But God's Word is always working in this world. Here's what he says. Verse 13, Therefore, we never stop thanking God that when you received His message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. Now, understand that because this gets to be critical. You accepted what we said as the very Word of God, which of course it is, and this Word continues to work in you who believe. You see, whenever you talk to somebody, there's always this idea that, well, what you're sharing is an opinion versus God's Word. You will find I use a lot of Scripture. Why? I don't want you to be able to say, well, that's what he thinks because you can put down what I think. I have learned over time what I think really for a lot of people, it doesn't matter what I think, right? But if it's God's Word, now that's a whole other subject, isn't it? And so that's what Paul's trying to get across here. Look, when I came and talked to you, this wasn't just me spouting off of what I thought was needed to be said. This was God's Word. And it continues to work in you who believe. It's living and it's active. Now, when we come to that place, here's what has to happen. First of all, we have to approve the Word. We have to accept it as God's Word. I read it. I listen to it. I want to learn more about it. I, I, yes, this is right. I, I know it's true. Now, this church had a little stubbornness in them. That's polite, okay? I guess most churches do, don't they? Notice the book of Acts. Here's what's being said. The very night the believer sent Paul and Silas to Berea, where they arrived there, they went to the Jewish synagogue, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. <laughs> there it is. You know, they were more open, willing to receive. But notice what they did. As they listened eagerly to Paul's message, they searched the Scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. And as a result, many Jews believed, as did many of the prominent Greek and women and men. So they said, look, we want to make sure this is true. And so what they did is find the Scriptures. So that's what you do. Is this said? Is it biblical? Does the Bible teach this? Is this what it says? Does it line up with other Scriptures? It's not about do I like it 
It's not about, well, uh, I don't know that it follows my opinions. I kind of have a different idea of this. It, and many times it's, well, I got this lifestyle, and so I don't want to have to accept this is truth. I, I want to be able to go on what I'm doing, so I, I'll find something else. And it's not just the person. It's, here's the truth. Does it line up with Scripture, and am I willing to approve it as such? In other words, I believe this is what God says. So you have to first of all, say, yes, that is truth. If it comes from Scripture, it's true. Doesn't change. Truth doesn't change. Well, it's not modern. Truth doesn't have to change ever. It's always true. And so, I have to be willing to judge it by the truth. Not because just somebody said it. Well, I heard this on television, or I was listening to this podcast, or I heard this, and I think I really like what they said. Does it line up with Scripture? Well, I don't know. Well, you have to study the Scriptures to find out, don't you? Well, I'd like just for somebody else to tell me that, right? I don't want to have to work at this. But notice what he says. Dear friends, 1 John 4, don't believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. There are many people that will tell you, remember, what you want to hear. And so there comes to that place where I have to approve a word. Now then, once I say, yeah, that's truth, there's the next step is I have to accept it. I have to say, yes, that is true. I accept it as truth because not everything I hear is true. Not everything I read online is true. Boy, there's a lot of confusion today because of our online experiences and because of all the stuff we got going on and because of all the information's out there. Not all the information is true. Not every book I read is true. Not everything this person says is true. I do more than approve it. I accept it. Not just with my ears. I accept it in my heart. Because here's what I've had this happen over the years. I will say something to somebody and they'll look me in the eye and say, you know what? I know what you're saying is true, but I think... Now, hold on. You, you can't have... If it's true, not because I said it, but because it's true then you have to accept it as such. You don't keep questioning it. You don't doubt it. You don't just push it out the window. You say, this is truth. I understand it. And I, we'd have this term, I believe it. Yes, it's true. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen prophet says, when I discovered your words, I devoured them. They are my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God of heaven's army. The word, the truth of that word. Jesus taught a parable, and in a part of that parable, he says in Mark chapter 4, the seed that fell on the good soil represents those who hear and accept God's Word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. They hear it, okay, yeah, and accept it. James 1.19, 
understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You got that? Okay, good. Let's go home. (laughs) Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the kind of righteousness that God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Accept it. It's there. This is what it's about. This is the truth of it. So truth comes out through God's Word. I have to admit that it's that, approve of it, and then I have to, yes, I believe it. I hear it, I accept it, and then thirdly, I have to act on it. Now, this is where it gets really difficult, isn't it? Because, yeah, I know that's right, but, well, I understand that, and I believe that, and you'll talk to someone, well, I believe that. Then you want to say, well, then why aren't you acting like it? Well, I, be- I believe that's the truth. Well, then is your life being lived because of it? If I approve God's Word, if I accept it, then my responsibility is to act on it. I do what it says. I don't make an excuse I don't uh, say, well, you know, I'm a believer. I believe this and I believe this. Well, okay, great. Glad you do. But you see, there's more to believing than just saying you believe. There has to be a life that is lived backing that up, doesn't there? And so you act on that word. It, It becomes the source of reference to your life. You and I would solve a lot of problems. You and I would have a lot of marriages saved if we'd just take God's Word for what it says and act on it. Act like it. There's a lot of people who know truth but choose not to live it. There's a lot of people who try to take truth and sweep it under the carpet and say, well, that was good back then, but I don't think that's right for today. And here's how it comes out. I don't know if the Bible is really relevant for today. What's that saying? They're trying to get around it so that they can behave like they want. James chapter 1, verse 22, James gives this instruction. Don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. Well, I know what it says. I know what the Bible says, but what do you think? It doesn't matter. You listen to the Word, don't obey it. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, truthful law that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, God will bless you for doing it. And so you and I have to understand, here's God's Word. It's given to us. It is truth. So whenever I want to read Scripture, read the Bible, I never question, is this right? 
I always question me. God, would you help my life to line up with what this says? And that I accept what you say as true. Because it is true. And I want my life to follow your instructions. Put this in your notes, the greatness of God's Word from Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is just a great chapter about the Word of God. And David uses the term commandments sometimes when he's talking about Scripture and what God says and everything. But just I picked out some verses. Notice what they are. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've taken your word in so that my actions will reflect what's there. I've rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. So here's the question. Do you like God's truth, God's word, more than money? Okay, then if I do, and God's word tells me to tithe, do I do it? Well, I don't think it says that. I think it's different now. Show me in Scripture. Right? I mean, we're good at putting this on everybody else, but we don't do well at taking it into ourselves. Because if I don't do it, then I don't believe it. Or if I don't do it, I'm just rebellious. It's one of those two, right? If God's Word says this, to do this, and I don't do it, it's either I don't believe that's right, or it's right, but I don't want to do it. It's one of those two. Always is. Your laws please me. They give me wise advice. I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live my life by your regulations. Not by what everybody else says, not by what this person says, not what I hear. Your regulation, your truth. Other people, well, but that's for this. And no, your truth. I will live my life by it. This is how I spend my life obeying your commandments. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. You see, if we'd fill our head with what's true, we would save ourselves a lot of problems. But many times what we do is fill our head with things that are false, things that probably will never happen, and we allow them to come in, and that gives us struggles, don't it? Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. Your laws are perfect, completely trustworthy. Well, I don't see how that works. Let me go back to the tithing illustration. I just don't believe tithing will work. Can you trust God? Because that's what this says. Your laws, your ways, they're trustworthy. If you tell me that I, if I give, you will give me more, then I believe that. So if I don't give, I don't believe that, correct? I think I can get more if I keep more. 
And that doesn't work out very well, does it? So all throughout life, there's this principle that is there of God's Word. If I'll just do what God's Word says, and if I will obey it and do what's right in His sight, then I can trust Him to keep His Word, and it will work out well for me in my life. Now, here's the problem. It doesn't always work the next day, does it? Sometimes you have to wait for, over, for time to go by. But God always keeps His Word. You can trust Him. As pressure and stress bear down on me, anybody want to relate to that? I find joy in your commands. I find joy in doing what's right. I find joy in obeying you. The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. So Paul writes to these folks and he says, look, I gave you your, my word. They just weren't my words. They were the truth of God's word. And his truth will keep working in your lives it's a basic principle of Christianity. It is where Christians fail probably the most. God's Word works when you let it and when you obey it and when you do what it says. Well, I tried that and it didn't work for me. What you're saying is you tried it for three days and you didn't see the results you wanted and you gave up. Or you were expecting different results because you wanted something else to happen. Well, I, I, I tried God, I tithed a couple weeks, and I didn't win the lottery, so it must not work. We're good at justifying things, aren't we? We're good at making life difficult and hard and saying, well, I just don't see that and I just don't understand that. So, but the real problem is a very simple problem. I just don't believe the truth or I know the truth and I just don't want to do it. So Paul writes to them and God's Word works in you who believe it, and you who put it in action. But he says, here's the essence, though. God's Word can provoke wickedness in others. It can provoke wickedness in others. You see, you and I are living in a day and time as we progress along where doing what God says isn't going to be received really well. So notice what Paul says to them. And then, you believe that truth, the truth of work, brothers and sisters, you suffered persecution from your own countrymen, from your own people. In this way, you imitated the believers in God's churches in Judea who, because of their belief in Christ Jesus, suffered from their own people, the Jews. You did what's right, you believe God's Word, and now you're getting persecuted for it. Now, you see, that doesn't line up with so many people's theology. Our theology is, if I do God's Word, everybody will love me, and problems will go away, and it won't be difficult anymore. And sometimes, many times, obedience to God's Word brings difficulties sometimes. Because the enemy doesn't like you to obey, he will try to bring confusion, and he will put circumstances, situations, or people in your life who will create hardship. For some of the Jews killed the prophets, and some even killed the Lord. Je well, killed? Uh, at least we're not there yet, right? 
Not yet. In some countries, they are. Now they persecuted us too. They fail to please God and work against all humanity. And as they try to keep us from preaching the good news of salvation to the Gentiles, by doing this, they continue to pile up their sins, but the anger of God has caught up with them at last. Paul's very honest and very open with these people. God is right, and if you obey him, you might suffer from persecution, but understand something, God will bring justice. Never forget that. God will settle the score. Well, I want to settle the score. I know, but God will. When will he do that? Probably not quick enough for you. Okay? God is going to do this. It might seem like people are getting by with it. Well, they're getting by with this. They seem to prosper more than me. It doesn't seem to be. God's got it all in control. The wicked plot against the godly. They snarl at them in defiance, but the Lord just laughs. He sees their day of judgment coming. He knows they're not going to get by with it. They think they're so smart, and God just laughs at them. You're not that smart. One day it's coming. Acts chapter 17, God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times, but now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and turn to him. For he has set a day of judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed, and he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead." Second Peter, you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the final judgment. God will take care of things and settle the score. Nobody gets by with anything. God knows what he's doing. He will bring justice. Everything will work out. I will do what's right. There will be other people who will scoff at me, make fun of me, tell me I'm crazy, tell me, why would you do that? Argue with me about what I'm doing. Not like it because I, if I do things that I know are right, think of that as foolish or whatever else. But I know if I keep living by God's truth, God will take care of me. Well, what about them? Not my problem. God will take care of them. That's how comfortable you have to be with this whole thing. I'll do what's right. I'll let God take care of everybody else. See, we get in a lot of trouble when we start trying to take care of everybody else. Well, I'm doing this and they're not. They should have to do that. No, no, no. God will take care of it. You do what's right. Let God handle the rest. But some people will be wonderful as God's Word works in their life. Some people will have the great benefit. Notice what he says here. He rounds out this chapter. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. 
We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, I tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. God's working against us. After all, what gives us hope and joy? What will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus Christ when He returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and our joy. See, the greatest joy in life is seeing others benefit from the truth of God's Word. We get in a trap when we become so self-centered that all we think about is us, my comfort, what am I getting, what am I doing. But the reason we want to serve God and obey God and His truth is because we know God's Word has an effect, positive effect, on our lives. And if we were to live our lives according to His Word, then our lives have an opportunity to have a positive effect on the lives of others. But if I'm living a lie, I'm going to have a negative effect on the lives of others, aren't I? It's not going to be positive, it's going to be negative. And so there is joy in taking the truth, applying it to our lives, acting on it time and time again. Some people will reject that. Some people will go against it. But others will be reached by it. And I have to know that God's in charge and in control. And so, let me just throw this little thing at you. What we do spiritual in the lives of others is part of our reward in heaven. For all Christians, we know there's going to be a reward, right? Part of that reward will have to do how we touch the lives and affected the lives of other people. Proverbs 11.30 The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. A wise person keeps the peace. A wise person helps others. In some versions it says, a wise person wins souls. Matthew chapter 10. Anyone who receives you receives me. Anyone who receives me receives the Father who sent me. And if you receive a prophet as one who speaks for God, you'll be given the same reward as the prophet. And if you receive righteous people because of their righteousness, you will be given a reward like theirs. Wow, all I have to do is accept people and get along with people and rejoice with people. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So I have the great privileges of being able to live a life that will have an effect on the life of other people. And people are worth all the pain and all the experience that you go through in life. So the challenge that Paul says to these people, look, you received the truth. You understood it as true, not just my words. I said it. You believed it. You started acting on it. Keep doing it. Don't stop. And just because you're going through a hard time and other people aren't accepting you, keep living the truth. Just because other people maybe don't want to be around you because you're right, you're so perfect and you know, you're trying to do what's right, you keep doing it. Because there will be other people that you will be able to influence in a positive nature 
and you will be rewarded for it. That's great news. Judgment can come later. Rewards come later as well. But we live for the rewards, don't we? Hello? Yeah, we do. Not the immediate, but what God has in store for us. So that's the challenge today. Yeah, okay, Pastor, I know this. Okay, great. I'm glad you do. You've accepted it's true. Are you acting on it? Is your life being lived with the truth that you know? The truth that you know. And are you doing that in spite of what others do? With a heart that says, God, I want to live a life so that others can see and I can benefit them and help them, knowing that you will take care of me and bless me. That's the life. That's what Paul was asking of these folks. Let's pray. Lord, each one of us have to look at our lives. Not the lives of anybody else, but we're, we're accountable for us. So I pray for anybody that maybe is wrestling with, is the Bible really true? The world says it's not. It says some of it's good, some of it's bad. Well, if some of it's bad, it's all bad. It's perfectly true. And Lord, we accept that. We agree with that. So Lord, would you help us to apply that to our lives and to live, as we read from the psalmist, according to your commands and to your truth, and that is our joy in life. And Lord, no matter what people do, against us. Help us to keep being faithful. And Lord, we don't know who we'll have an influence on in our life all the time, but we want our life to influence others. It may be our kids. It may be a relative. It may be a friend. It may be somebody we work with. It may be somebody we don't even know. But Lord, help us to live our lives so that others can be blessed by it because we know that you're watching and one day you'll settle everything up. We look forward to that day. In thy name we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.